Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Just a Thought. My name's Nick. And I'm Joe. And we're two guys in our 20s who can banter on pretty much anything that comes up. Though we're total novices on most of the topics we talk about, and we probably don't have all the facts in order, we still think the dialogue is pretty interesting. And with that, do you want to introduce our first topic? Yeah, sure. Our first topic this week is um, all about the risks of a cross-country move and why you should just ignore most of those risks and make the move anyway. Very cool. And so just a little bit of a background. So Nick actually got a a job offer uh, multiple states away and uh, actually about 12 hours. And uh, he was just telling me a little bit about some of the decisions and life choices he had to make around that. And I thought it was really interesting. So. Yeah, so the, the offer itself was a really, really good opportunity, right? It's a nice raise, better quality of life, more work responsibilities. Um, and they offered me a really generous relocation package, but it came in the form of a lump sum. Um, so I had all of these different decisions that I had to make in very short order. Um, yeah. Basically get up and go. Because it was, it was within, what, three weeks? Was it less than yeah, that? Yeah, basically. I mean, when you think about the timeline of accepting an outside job offer, it's way faster than I think most people realize because you go from negotiating on and coming to terms with your new employer to putting in two weeks notice. And then once that two weeks notice is up, you're basically, you're unemployed until you start with the new employer. It sounds obvious, but in a three week period of time, your entire life has basically changed. Right. And I mean, financially, I mean, socially, everything is completely different. Yeah. The whole deal. So when you, when you, obviously you were excited, or at least I would think you'd be excited. It sounded like a great opportunity. What, what was kind of running through your head when, when you got that offer and realized that, oh shit, things have to, you know, in within a couple of weeks, I'm going to be living, you know, multiple states away. Yeah. I think to give a little more context to the timeline, I'd, I'd spent months in a job search up to this. Um, and so like, <laughs> it felt like it was the slow dirge until I finally had something happen and then it all happened so quickly. Um, and I'm like, Oh, oh crap, I have so many decisions to make. Um, and so like some of those immediate decisions, it's like, well, I just signed a lease in New York and it's like a 12 month lease. I've got great roommates. I'll have to break that lease and I have to find a new place to live. So th- those were the first like two immediate risks. It's like, what do I do with the place where I currently live? <laughs> what do I do with the place where, I, where I'm going to eventually live? Yeah. That is an idea at this point. It doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really interesting. And then, so not only that, but I mean, all the logistics of moving and the considerations that you have to make. I mean, so once once it came down to you knew that you were going to be moving and you you were, you know, within the course of a couple of weeks, you were going to start your other job. Um, what were some of the logistical things that you had to do and decisions that you had to make? Yeah, so like step one is ending your current life <laughs> to make yeah. room for your new life. <laughs> So there's all these little things that are that are like automated in your life that you probably forget about, right? Like your gym membership, medical insurance, 401k, oh, yeah. savings, like all of these things that are just kind of automatic. Um, first, you got to like get rid of all of those and make room for all the new ones. So everything I just listed, you, like you have to stop and then you have to start on the other end. Um, fortunately, like I'm a relatively young single guy, so I, I didn't have a whole lot of like baggage with a family or anything like that. I don't have to find a new school for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, mail forwarding isn't really a big issue. I still got roommates there who can send me mail or do any of that sort of stuff. It still sucks. Um, it sucked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Realizing all the subscriptions, like you said, and all the things that you, you didn't realize that you had just on that were automatic. I mean, thinking about all that is, is quite a task in itself. Yeah. 
and so like that's all the the residual stuff that's like basically noise the big stuff you got to figure out is like where am i going to live how am i going to deal with the place where i currently live how am i going to get there and like how do i make a solid first impression without looking totally disheveled yes. <laughs> in this entire move process but you also you you mentioned some stuff around you know there's there's a gap there right so there's a, there's a gap of coverage and there's there's in in multiple terms but there's also um a gap and um not not being exactly sure of of certain things. So you you had talked about kind of medical, which I hadn't considered before. Yeah. So by by no means this is an insult to my current employer, but when you stop employment with someone, the door closes really fast on your benefits. Um, and so, effective my last day of employment with my original employer, I was no longer covered under their medical insurance. I was no longer covered under life insurance. Um, 401k is fine. That's more savings, but it's like life and medical that you sort of have to get sorted. And so you have the option of going into Cobra, which is notoriously expensive. Um, and it's, it's just like difficult. There's a whole, like there are tax implications of going under Cobra and it's basically just a headache. So your options are like, I can incur this extremely expensive, complicated, um, difficult insurance, or I can just risk it for the week or two weeks that I'm going to be unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> and so what what are those risks with you like physically moving all of your stuff and you drove all your stuff down, right? So what are the what are the, what are the risks there if you, you know, from a health insurance standpoint? And Yeah, I mean it's a lump sum, so every dollar that I can save is a dollar that I can actually just have. Um <laughs> so yeah. my motivation was basically like save as much of it as I can. Maybe that's not the right way to think about it, but that's the way that I tend to to think about it. Um, and so what I ended up doing is I, I packed up what's basically a U-Haul. It was like budget trucks. Same thing as a U-Haul, but cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I packed in my little one studio apartment. Um, not even a whole apartment. It was just like one room in a studio. Uh, packed that into the back of this U-Haul. It was like a 12-foot U-Haul. <laughs> and uh, um, was going to drive across the country. So... Um, that, that was sort of my game plan is just pack it up. I don't have much stuff. I think all my stuff in there was worth at most like $5,000. I live a very Spartan life. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, that was, that was basically the most cost effective and intelligent option for me is just to, to load it up and do it myself. Yeah. And so, but you were also saying something about, you know, if there was a, for instance, you're driving everything, uh, yourself, right? So obviously you are kind of liable for your own things and it doesn't seem like there was a ton of value there. And for some people there could be, you know, quite a bit more, but then there's also, you know, the insurance bit about like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I can give you a little context. So basically, I mean, step one is like the truck itself to move your stuff. Um, so what a lot of people don't realize is when you rent a U-Haul or a budget truck or whatever you're renting, you're actually responsible for that vehicle. Um, for the vehicle itself, so if it if this like heavily used thing that's usually hauling other people's furniture <laughs> blows up, that's on you. And if it blows up and hurts somebody, that's on you too. Um, and so they, they actually do sell like supplemental insurance, but it's extremely expensive. Um, I think all 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 in was like three hundred or four hundred dollars um, to have this truck for the equivalent of like forty eight hours, um, just like some sort of ridiculous expense. Uh, and I, it's a ridiculous expense that I ended up paying because as a New Yorker, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have car insurance because I didn't have a car for the last three years. Um, so I sort of had to legally, I had to get some sort of insurance to, to cover me. 
Um, and that's actually one that I really regret because nothing went wrong. It went, it went perfectly fine. Um, so had I, had I not paid for that insurance, I, I would have been risking it and maybe coloring outside the lines of the law a little bit. But uh, it, it would have been an option and I, I never really would have needed to spend that money. Right. Okay. So that sounds like, you know, there's a lot of risks. There's a lot of considerations. There's, you know, things that people don't necessarily want to go through the hassle of doing. What are the reasons that it's actually really great if there are any to move across the country? Oh my God. It's countless. I think being someone who's actually in a position where you can do it first, that that's like critically important because not everyone's in a position where they can just kind of drop everything and go. And frankly, most people are probably not like that. Um, but it really comes down to priorities and it's, it comes down to sacrifice. So like, yeah, I've got some really great friends in New York city and I had like these work relationships and things that I've built up over a span of three, four years, but pulling the bandaid off wasn't actually so bad. And when you move, you, you get all these like sort of unsung benefits that people don't actually realize. Like for one, your network just explodes. Um, so I've got all these great contacts that I worked with at, at my first job and now I have mm-hmm. double that at my new job, roughly the same size firm. Um, so that by itself, like my professional contacts effectively doubled. Um, so that by itself is fantastic. I think um, the opportunity to get a fresh perspective and a different region of the United States is amazing. Um, so I, I was moving from the East Coast to like South Central-ish. <laughs> and so very different lifestyles and very different um, perspectives, political alignment. Like if you think of any way that people are looking at life, people look at life slightly different um, when you get up and relocate. Um, so that by itself is fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's amazing. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, also people moving all the way across the country to potentially California or, you know, over to the West coast and, um, especially taking your own stuff too. So I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, you said it was how many hours was it? It's a 12 hour drive. It's yeah. already gone straight through. I, so <laughs> this is actually kind of fun <laughs> layer here. Um, when I ended up moving, it was over. Easter and Passover weekend and also April Fool's Day. So I had like the perfect storm of holidays um, working against me, I think. But uh, it was it was actually great. I, I took some extra time and um, made a couple stops along the way and Airbnb'd it. Another risk in itself. What did you do um, with the all your truck? Stuff with an Airbnb. What's that? What did you do with the truck when you were at the Airbnb? I <laughs> just parked it on the street. It was fine. <laughs> it was totally fine. But again, maybe a little risky. I bought a padlock. Was so, this, did you, did you do like, you got your own place, Airbnb, or was this like a room Airbnb? Oh, no, no, no. Again, we're safe. We're saving money here. <laughs> so, so this yeah, is I literally like a, a not even a room, a, a mattress on the floor. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh man. No, that's, that sounds amazing. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's something that I'm sure a lot of people consider doing and, uh, you know, whether or not they actually get the chance to, um, you know, having the thought that you know, maybe one day actually making a big move like that. And I think there's probably a lot of things that deter. I, I know for me, that's, um, w- one of the things that kind of deters me is, you know, having to, um, you know, one, move all, move all my stuff. So I think, you know, breaking the lease, like you said, is, is, uh, is a tough thing. Um, cause that's like the first, the first kind of rock solid, especially if you, if you're, if you're in an apartment, you're renting, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, obviously for a mortgage, it's, you know, even, even more, it's harder to, to sell a home. But, um, I think when you're in your, you know, early to, to mid twenties, um, it's a tough thing to, uh, to, to, you know, break the lease. Cause it's, it's something that, uh, like you said, it's it's um, a, a twelve month thing. So if you have to do that, 
um, it's either a significant cost or something that you have to kind of take a gamble on. Um, and I think that's like the first, um, you know, the first thing that people consider and like, no, I can't, I can't do it because I've got this one and it's not necessarily a good reason, right? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. I think most people and m- myself included in this time, they tend to think that the logistics are the big thing and they're not. The logistics mm-hmm. things are totally, that's a small bit. Um, the hard part is actually like more of the intangibles. Like uh, to me, I always think rule of thumb is three weeks and three months. It takes three weeks to like really get settled and get your basic routine down. Right. You figure out how you actually get to work, you figure out where you're getting, going to get your groceries, some of your favorite places to dine out. Like you, you get the basics of how to survive as a person in, in three weeks, but three months is the harder part. That's like building up those relationships and, um, actually feeling truly settled. Like you have a safety net in some way. Um, I think that's the bit that takes quite a bit longer. Um, again, it's something that's totally manageable, but the, the, the tendency for most people is to put logistics first and logistics are, they're the last thing that you should actually be considering. You should be considering the offer. You should be considering what your new life is actually going to entail. Um, quality of life opportunities. Like it's, it's, it's really more about like the job offer itself and, like those fringe benefits and what your lifestyle will actually be like. It's not the logistics. Logistics are a joke. And no, that that totally makes sense. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they they stop there. And I I, I almost wonder, it kind of begs the question, do you think people should do it more? Um, So maybe even, (laughs) that sounds like a definitive (laughs) yes. I mean, so, you know, three weeks, uh, three months, maybe even three years is kind of like the cap. And you're like, you're you're on to the next thing. For me, that's actually kind of been the cadence. (laughs) Yeah. I get bored after three years. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess it's three, three and three. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that, that seems like, <laughs> it seems like a good enough amount of time, right? Because you're, you're, especially as you're starting a career too, um, mm-hmm. starting a professional, um, uh, career, I think it's, you know, three years is a good amount of time. You get your bearings, um, but you also don't have that onset of boredom. Um, yeah. I think, and I think, you know, like you said, the, the, you know, moving to a new place too, it's, it's, uh, there've been a lot of studies. I'm, I'm reading a, a book right now by, uh, Adam Grant. It's called Originals. Um, yeah. and it's, it's, have, did you read it or you, you recommended it to me? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. One of my did, favorites. Right? And I definitely recommended it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> no, it's a good book. And, uh, one, one of the things that they had mentioned is, uh, you know, people who live, uh, abroad or live, um, you know, in, in different places, um, than maybe where they grew up or they spent you know the majority of their time, um, actually benefit by, it, it's, it's pretty, um, that in itself is not profound, but once they started to talk about the the data and you know actually how much of an advantage it gives, um, you know especially for kids that kind of move around when they're young, um, but I think we we kind of don't do that enough throughout our lives. We we start to settle a bit, and it's actually um, it, it can really be a detrimental thing um, because mm-hmm. so much of our development and and that part of our brain needs um, a stimulating kind of new environment and and to be kind of thrown a little bit off kilter. Um, um, you know, so that we can kind of figure things out again, those new pathways form. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked so many times about learning curves and I'm sure we'll circle back on this topic at some point, but if, if you think about a, a standard learning curve, so much of your growth actually happens in that like alarm phase yeah. when you're totally discomfortable. Totally. Um, that's, that's kind of where the magic happens. And so many people like push this further than they should. And you should, I, ideally for your growth, you should be in this like unsettled phase more frequently than I think most people are comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and so you have to actually force it a little bit. You have to deliberately put yourself outside of your comfort zone. If you want to maximize your long-term growth. 
No, it's true. And I think there's almost, I don't know if stochastic is the right word for it, but it's like, um, you know, you have a, you have that little, so you have that period of, um, like you said, staying alert and, uh, you know, being introduced to things that are kind of a new environment. Um, and then over time that kind of fades away. You start to in that three month to three year period, you start to the cur- it, it starts to curve down into a, a, a bit of a plateau. And I think once it gets to the point where you feel pretty settled, I think that's probably when it's best for you to kind of reintroduce new, uh, you know, new things in your life again. So I think you know, three years is probably good. There was actually something in the business press. I can't remember what what publication, if it was Forbes or Fortune or Wall Street Journal. Um, But I I read this, I think it was like this week. It was actually saying that you should move, you should plan to move every three years for the rest of your life. Wow. Um, And and not like physically relocate, but but change jobs um, because your learning curve tapers out so much. But I think a lot of people worry about the kind of equity, um, you know, what what they're, there's this idea of, um, what do they call it, sunk cost um, fallacy, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's very much like, well, I've built up some, so much momentum, but I don't think people realize how much they actually begin to slow down. Um, So it does have diminishing returns, but yeah, I completely agree with that. So. Yeah, and if, if you go too far, then like cynicism slips in, which is a whole other beast. And that can actually detract from productivity and growth. Yeah, maybe that's so. that's a good that's a good potential topic for another time. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. So, what, what what would you say? So, just just to kind of wrap up, what, what what would be your kind of closing final thoughts on on a move like that? Good, bad, recommendation. Good. So many thumbs up. I'm only this is my third week now, so it's still very fresh. Um, but in theory, the hard part is out of the way. I, I would say that more people should consider it, and um, it, it's highly beneficial. Definitely. Cool. All right. Do you want to do? Uh, you want to do our picks? Or yeah, yeah. Picks? So we should, let's give some context, right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while we're gonna do probably I would say weekly, but uh, every once in a while we'll do these kind of life hacks or picks um, or potentially insanity in pop culture, something like that, um, where we kind of describe you know, things that are either interesting to us or we want to recommend, um, or things that are just totally crazy and we want to talk about, um, just on, on the, on the end here in close. So. All right. So Joe, you have one for the first week. Yeah. Do you want me to start with my life hack? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, kind of a little bit the opposite of what we were talking about here. Um, so I actually recently started a new position in New York. Um, so this is my first time actually working, um, in New York and New York City, I should specify. Um, I uh, I was kind of getting used to the commuting routine, and uh, the one thing that I found, and it's almost embarrassing, it took me so long to figure this out. It's probably about a month. Um, but the life hack that I have here is to really get to know your commute. And by really get to know it, I don't mean like the times and, you know, all of those types of things. Because I think when most people think, you know, how am I getting to work? Um, they kind of just get down, get down to, um, you know, specifically what time is my like bus or train or however you get there leaving or what time do I need to get there before traffic starts to set in. But I mean like the actual, um, you know, the details of it. And so I'll give you, I'll give you an example of where it really comes in. I, I learned on, so I take three trains to work, uh, which is, um, actually pretty, pretty good, uh, a lot more bearable than it sounds. Um, but it only takes me an hour now, or actually even less, maybe about 50 minutes door to door. 
And uh, I got it down from about an hour and 15 minutes, I would say, to um, to about 50 minutes, 45 on a really good day. And the way that I wow. did it, yeah, I know. And uh, it's it's... It's pretty crazy. I didn't. I never. It never even occurred to me that you could do this because it was kind of like a set time, right? Um, mm-hmm. So when my when my tra- when my first train leaves, um, if I stand at a certain place on the platform, I know specifically what staircase to get to, and it's a lot closer. I know it sounds crazy, but I know exactly every single day exactly where it's going to be, um, and this specific train time pulls up to this part of the platform, so. I can shave off like a good two minutes of walking through the station on that one, it, which is which is crazy because um, where it actually comes into play is when you think about um, if there's a lot of people exiting the train or you know getting on um, at a certain time, you're potentially like stuck waiting in line behind like a mass of people to get up a staircase or something like that. So um, you could easily shave off a couple minutes there just by standing at the right place in the platform. Most people don't care. You'll be surprised. They'll just get on any door sit anywhere as long as there's a seat um my policy is i stand because <laughs> it's like <laughs> i'm sitting all day in my job so um but so if you stand at the right place um and know exactly where your train's going to be pulling into um if you're taking a train if you're taking a bus it could be a little bit different but knowing the right time um but you know i got for all three trains exactly where to stand um and on the subway as well and i get off in the staircase I know exactly which exits to take, what uh, what stairway to walk up to, um, what lights I can walk across uh, without any risk of getting getting hit by a car, <laughs> all of those things. Um, and you find the little shortcuts um, to, to get to work, which I think most people normally do, but I, I would say by and large, most people just don't realize um, how you can kind of shave off some time. Um, yeah, and what it's, I've it's done never deliberate. It, oh, right? yeah. Like, most people, they'll stumble into it. They'll find those shortcuts by accident. Definitely, definitely. I think, um, and then they, they realize, you know, one is shorter than another, but if you're really intentional about it, um, kind of figuring out what, you know, not, not settling for, okay, this is where I, where I can get on, where I can get off and, and those things, I think you can really shave some time off. So I bought, uh, an extra probably 50 minutes a day, um, just by doing that, which is an incredible amount of time in 24 hours. Um, so think like potentially 4% of your life. <laughs> so yeah, that's absurd. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Nice. That's mine. Cool. Um, am I supposed to do one this week? No, right? I'll I do one next week. I, I think you you I think you're good because you you had a pretty interesting story there and we're right about <laughs> time. So. <laughs> all right. Cool. I'll, I'll leave you hanging. Awesome. Um, do we know what we're doing next week? I'm all about suspense this cool. week. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to speak with you next week. Thanks. Hey listeners, it's Joe here. Just want to say thanks for listening to episode one. Hope you like the conversation topic, but we want to know. What do you want to hear about? Be sure to let us know if you have any interesting topics that you want us to tackle. Just a thought. Catch you next week.